0: Morning is Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 12 Please stand for the reading of God's word After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked Where is the one who is born who has been born king of the Jews But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. The word of the Lord.
1: Am I? There we go. Good morning. good morning, it's good to be with you again this morning, and uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure what this has to do with anything, but I, I want to share a little story, something that happened to me this week, so I uh, I made a trip to Birmingham, anybody here from Alabama, good, so I made a trip to Birmingham, Alabama this week. <laughs> Uh, actually, I ended up in Tuscaloosa to uh, to give an award um, for uh, a dealership that 's part of the walker brand and so they had a luncheon and I presented a an award and they had brought some food in um, and i guess i'm i 'm going to tell you this just so you know at a time i 'm not a chicken guy. But it was all chicken. And so um, I did eat some. I've learned over the years. And there's really nothing wrong with chicken, I guess. But uh, it becomes a great delivery tool for all the other sauces. And so if you really load it up really good, you can't even really taste it. But anyway, they had this coleslaw. They called it coleslaw. And, it, and so it was a slaw, so I got some on my plate, and I thought, boy, this is this is like really dry. Just like chopped up cabbage, just, you know, they just really cut it up really fine, and everybody was just talking about, man, this is the best coleslaw, isn't it? This is the greatest coleslaw. They're also Alabama fans, too, so you got to kind of take that with it. But anyway, um, I'm sitting there eating it, and they're just talking about it, and I... I'm like, all right, uh, and so I asked Chris there, who's the distributor. I said, "So tell me, what's so go- what's the what's so good about this? It seems really dry to me." And he said, "Well, yeah, of course. There's two sauces there, and you have to put one or the other on your <laughs> coleslaw." Well, nobody told me that. I was just eating raw cabbage um, and thinking. Maybe they just don't have taste buds or something, I don't know. I'm not sure what that has to do with this morning, because I didn't really love it, even though that's our theme this morning. But uh, anyway, it was an interesting week. Um, and uh, just thought I would, I guess, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I will just leave it at that. You can think what you want. And um, I'm pretty sure whatever that is, it'll be okay. So our scripture this morning... Uh, gives us the story of, um, of the Magi. Now, um, Matthew um, is really the, o- is the only uh, writer of the New Testament that tells us about the Magi. So um, what we learned or what we will learn and can learn about these um, Magi is that they um, we learn from secular history, um, and uh, so they um, uh, they came from the east, the far east. Um, some believe maybe Persia, uh, Babylonia. Um, at one point, they were a fairly powerful politically. Um, they thought maybe. Uh, They were um, militarily, uh, but they tried to overthrow the Persians and that didn't go well for them. And so they then ended up being more the priestly um, uh, leadership for Persia and for that part of the Far East. Um, And so... As, and they were used, um, we hear about them a little bit in the book of Daniel when uh, they're at, the, the king is asking for someone to interpret his dream. And they bring all of the different folks in to try to do that for them before, they, before Daniel's able to do it. And so uh, one of those. Uh, Groups, uh, are one of those, some of those people were considered magi. And so they were, um, like a priestly clan from the Persian, uh, empires, what, what, what we believe. And so, um, they, they traveled probably a thousand plus miles, uh, maybe more than that, um, to get to, um, where, to get to Bethlehem. And so, uh, they saw the star, and the scripture tells us uh, that then they gathered all their wares and everything. Um, again, the scripture tells us that three came, uh, but most likely it was a very large entourage of of people who came and brought uh, all kinds of gifts. And and so on and so forth. So um, they uh, the story or this this portion of scripture that we we read today involves the magi, um, but um, and I believe that Matthew was trying to make it um, uh, a point here that the King Jesus. Uh, to the Jews, he wanted them, as we talked last week, to make sure, he, he wrote his book to them. He wanted them to be sure that the whole world knew, the whole known world knew that Jesus was born, and that was what that star was. So in this, in this telling of this, Matthew is trying to make sure that we, um, uh, that his readers recognize that it wasn't just a, Small group of people right there near Bethlehem and near Jerusalem, but that it was the entire world um, who saw the star, and that people came from far away to that. So, um, so we want to we want to talk this morning about love that changes the world. Um, love uh, that changes the world. I'm going to talk a little bit about the world in which um, Jesus was born into. So I am a little bit crazy about history, um, and that's probably boring to some people, um, but it's not to me. And so the world in which Jesus was born into was a very complicated and complex world. The Roman Empire at that point, it had been around a couple, 300 years, but it seemed to be um, at its at its zenith, it seemed to be that it was at its um, best times. The Roman world had gone had, was stretching from middle Great Britain. So right at the um, right at the um, Great Britain Scottish, there was a hill there. There was a there was a, a mountain range there, and uh, that was the northern most western part of Rome. And you go all the way back across, um, beyond the Middle East, all, all the way up, basically the northern and western, and eastern borders were, uh, the Rhine River and then the Danube River as it came down the south and went into the Black Sea. All the way down south then into Italy and into northern, um, northern, um, Africa. So it was a very immense gigantic area. What was neat, what is neat about all of that is that the Romans, uh, and we, they're known for many things engineering wise, but had built a tremendous um, uh, amount of roads that tied all of its territories and all of its kingdom together. Um, we were in Verona a few years ago and they were really big at building roads and then building gates. So in Verona, to the city of Verona, which is the um, um, place where, oh, what's her name up on the, uh, what? The, I just lost it, say that again, Juliet, Romeo and Juliet, that's Verona, so thank you, so um, when you enter into it, there's this gigantic gate that still stands, that's um, 2,000 years old that you enter into the city of Verona and then you go through now it's grown and it's become more um, but one of the things that you notice are roads and even where even where archaeological digs have been they've left roads and uh, you can see the roads that were laid so every time Rome um, went out and conquered they developed roads that would tie Rome with that So unless there was that series of roads, the Magi probably could not have made it to Jerusalem. They most likely would not have been able to get there. There were trade routes for sure, but then these series of roads made it possible for the Magi to be able to come. It took them two years, roughly, to get there, but for them to come. So, um, so this, the, Rome, politically, very strong, militarily, very strong, had provided one, a great infrastructure. I mean, the world was ready for the king. The world was prepared for the coming of Jesus. And so, that is, you know, we might think, well, it just happened to be that one day... The thought came to God, well, you know what, let's just go ahead and send Jesus to earth. Let's go down and see Mary and let's make all of this happen. But it was set in place and it was it was pre, I hate to use the word destined, because we might take it wrong, but it was predestined to happen when it did. Rome was meant to be in power. Um, the political situation was meant to be the way it was. So Jesus came at a perfect time. He not only came at a perfect time because of the, the the state of the world as being able to travel and get around and and the spreading of the gospel, as we learn um, uh, after his death and resurrection uh, and in the book of Acts. Uh, but it was also a time that was very brutal, very brutal. I was listening to a podcast uh, from a uh, historian, and he was talking about the gladiator gladiator games and how the Colosseum would seat about 50,000 people. But one of the things that happened when the Roman army went out and defeated a foe, when they defeated that foe, they took fighting men and put them in their army and then they took their women their children and everything else and they brought them back to rome okay they became slaves they were sold into slavery they were treated um worse than the their their own animals and then these gladiatorial games we think of them as these big um fighting men who would go out there and they had all of this regalia on and their swords, and their spears, and all of this stuff, and they did, but really those were people who were fighting for their lives, they weren't Roman citizens, they were used for, um, they were used for that, so that the people that would go to those games, they were like, it's like going to a football game, let's go watch a bunch of people kill each other, let's go, you know, that was where they got... You know, that, that, that was their enjoyment. That was their whatever. So, watching, so what would happen is, um, there would be, um, just call them slaves that really weren't, they, and I hate to say, weren't really worth a lot in their eyes, and, and criminals, and they were just immediately killed in the Colosseum. They were just killed. Uh, Soldiers would come out and they just killed them. Then the next group would come out, and these were the ones that they would turn wild animals loose on. Lions, tigers, bears, even giraffes, elephants, and all this. And then they would kill that bunch. And then finally, there would be this group who would be left over, who actually were given swords and... And given shields and protection, and then it was they that fought each other to the death in front of all of these Roman citizens. Um, so it was not a very good time in history to live. <laughs> yeah and and so um, Jesus comes not only at a time that it's easy. Um, to get around the world, and and it's been connected by all these roads and by all these people groups, and um, so on and so forth. But he comes at a time when it's a very difficult time to be a non-Roman in the world. So, as I said, Matthew is the only one who records this um, visit of the Magi who traveled um, finally found him. Um, this is this is this is so different from the approach that people often take today. See, the Magi came looking for a king. Um, they came looking for someone. To save them. They came looking for someone who would help them. And people would, um, would do that. In this day and age, we expect people to come to us. We expect God to come to, I expect God to come to me and bail me out. Instead of me going looking for Him. Because of my need for Him. Some want Jesus to prove to them who He is. Or to give them gifts. Or maybe give them a life without trouble. Give them a life of ease. But truly wise men, truly wise people, still come together to seek and worship Jesus today. For who He is, not for what they can get from Him. We are to love Christ because He first loved us, not because we believe He owes us something. So I want to talk, share a couple of points with you this morning. Three, it's been five over the last couple, three weeks. I've powered it down a little bit to three so we can get you out of here. No, I'm just kidding. We should be done by two o'clock. So um, the first point, love changes the world. Love changes culture. Love changed, will change, would change Herod's world. the culture of Herod's world Herod was king, he was king there over um, Israel uh, for about 33 or 34 years and he did a lot of good stuff he rebuilt the temple the beautiful ornate temple that that was then eventually destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD Um, but he was also a very treacherous man, killed many of his own family killed um, his brothers, uh, his stepbrothers, his stepsisters, anyone he felt that was going to be a a, um, a liability to his leadership, to his kingdom, um, he had them put to death. Again, it was a very treacherous time to live, it was a very difficult time to live, and and so, um, although Herod was ruthless, as I said, and had murdered many of his family, he did a lot of things from the building perspective. He built the temple, Caesarea Philippi, which was over on the coast of the Mediterranean, was a beautiful city and a seaport. And he had built that and, and, and many of those uh, things. And this made him popular with many of the Jews. But deception, hypocrisy had reached their height during his rule. Um, And as we read the story today and when the Magi came to see him, they came he, he he wanted to know where this baby was born. And it wasn't because as he had told the Magi, he wanted to come and worship the child the Christ child, the baby. But he wanted to do away with him because he saw him as a threat to his kingship. So, greed and and hatred had escalated to an all-time high. So, as I said earlier, Jesus came at just the right time. For the ordinary, everyday person who was living in this time, Um, Life was extremely difficult. Life was not viewed in the same respect that we view it today. Although there are things we do in our world that makes us question whether we do view it that way. But also, it was taxes were just, we think we pay a lot of taxes. But they give, and we do. I'm not here to say we don't. And we do. But, They were required to to give so much in taxes that really they lived day to day, uh, week to week, month to month, year to year. And their life just did not have a whole lot going on for them. There was not a whole lot for them to look forward to. It was at just the right time that Jesus came. It was at just the right time that he was born. And with all the chaos that was spurred by the king and the Roman kingdom, I mean the Roman rule of the time um, and everything that was happening, Jesus came to transform the culture and to demonstrate his love for the sin-sick loss. You see, they had no hope. Their government wasn't taking care of them, wasn't providing for them. Um, Their... Situation seemed pretty hopeless. Their lifespans weren't very long. Life just didn't seem very fair. Life just seemed pretty tough. And at just the right time, Jesus comes. And His his demonstration of His love by coming to us is the way that culture is changed. In other words, as we use him as an example in our own lives, as we live out our lives and our desire to love and to care for other people, we can change the culture. We can change our situation. Number two, love changes the wise men. Or those who seek the king. Those who seek Jesus will find what they're looking for. Not much is known, as I said, about these wise men. They interpreted dreams. They had special knowledge and abilities. But the Magi were seeking to honor an earthly king. A couple weeks ago I mentioned that... um, that Augustus, the baby Augustus, was born and that he was going to be the Savior of the world. He was in the Roman world. He was believed to be the Savior that was going to come and save the world. And now Jesus comes as Savior. So that was something that would have been heard time, oftentimes by some uh, who would proclaim, for whatever reason, uh, that uh, a savior was born? Whether it was a king, from a from a kingly, priestly com, um, uh, family, or from another country, who was in who was who was ruling at the time, or if it was from um, whatever, people would claim that there is a king that was born, and so the magi came looking for a earthly king. The Jews believed that Jesus was going to be the earthly king, and they were waiting for him to set up his kingdom. They were ready for him to put down Roman rule, and they were ready for him to set up his kingdom, but they didn't understand why he was coming. You see, wise men seek him. They seek him because he is love. He is God incarnate. Besides being transformed by the presence of the Christ child, the Magi were also convinced by an angel of the Lord to change their route home. Here is we see God's intervention into the life, into his plan. It's interesting when we think about this, you know, we say, oh, that had to happen. I mean, absolutely that had to happen. I mean, God was, you know, he was going to make that. But how many times in our own lives do we think that God really doesn't care what's going on with us or what's happening in our lives or the difficulties that we're facing or the troubles that we might be facing? We just say, well, yeah, you know, he, he, he did that for Jesus. He told those magi to go a different way. And then later on, we see that an angel came to Joseph and told him to go to Egypt. So, you know, God, God, you know, God did what God does. But he doesn't do that for me. Or he doesn't do that for normal people. Well, I'm here to tell you that he does. I mean, I, I've experienced it in my own life. Now, it's not because I thought you know, somebody was going to kill me. And maybe they were, I don't know. But I do believe, and I have faith enough to believe, that God is concerned about me and he's concerned about you and your life. And what's going on in your life. And what's happening in your life. And he came so that you could know him. He came so that he can live in you and that he can, he has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for your life. He, he has something for you. Now we can thwart that and we can say, nah, I don't believe it. I don't, I, I yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's just humbug. But I believe that's true. And you can believe that's true. And you can know that's true. So, wise men still seek Him. Wise men still look for the King. Wise people are still looking for Jesus. And he can be found. You see, Magi did all that the seekers of Christ should do as a pattern for worship when responding to Christ's love. In Bethlehem, not long after um, Jesus' death, uh, there, uh, a Roman... Uh, there, you know, they they <clears throat> in Bethlehem. It's kind of built on a sandstone ridge. Okay, the town of Bethlehem's on a sandstone ridge. If you've been to Jer- or been to Israel, you have probably have seen that. And they would have their homes, and in the cliff sides, they would dig out caves, and that's where they would that's where their animals would be kept. So it's most likely that it is one of those dugouts or one of those into one of those caves that Jesus. Was born. So, what the traditional spot is um, now? There's the church of, of the Nativity there, and you can go and you can crawl down. But, but prior to that, the uh, Romans, when they came and they conquered, um, when they came and they conquered Jerusalem and they, they desecrated the temple and they took everything out of the temple and they took it back to Rome. And um, I won't go telling that story, but about around 400 A.D., we could talk about it sometime. Uh, another group of barbarians, the Huns, come and they take all of that stuff out of Rome. They sack Rome and they take all that stuff. But anyway, um, I'm veering off the point there. So um, the Roman emperor comes and he builds a, he builds a temple to his god, Adonis. Right over top of where the nativity was. Or the spot where Jesus was born. And then in the 4th century AD, when Constantine declares Christianity to be the religion of the Roman Empire, they built a church over top of it. And uh, tear down that, that other, uh, that big uh, whatever statue that they had put up over top of it. So... You have to go in and you have to climb down to go down into, um, the cave or the, uh, where, where the nativity is. But when you do that, what's interesting, um, and, 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 and most likely this is what the Magi did. They, they came and they entered into the cave where the baby and Mary and Joseph was. And then the scripture tells us that they bowed before him. They gave him gifts. They worshiped him. And then they responded in obedience by going the other way. And that's really a, a good pattern when it comes to worship. How do we worship Jesus? We bow. We give. We worship and then we respond in obedience. And we have to do all of that. We can do the first four, but if we don't respond in obedience, it really doesn't do a lot of good. So it's it's a great it's a great opportunity to see and to uh uh respond and, and a great example of how to worship. And then finally number three, love changes us. So love changed Herod's world or culture. It changes, it can change our culture. It can change the, what's happening and where we live. Um, love changed the wise men and, and, and they, they seek Him. And wise people still seek Jesus. Wise men, wise women, wise children. And then finally love changes us. Personally and communally. You might, I might ask you the question, are you like Herod? Do you love Jesus or do you hate Him? Am I like the Magi? Do I truly worship Him? Does, um, or do I merely go through the motions? Am I like the self-centered Does He lead my life, or am I the one that is in control? You see, when Jesus was born into this world, people immediately began to react. His precious His presence did not soothe and comfort people. Instead, it started to just to disturb them and startle them. In some, He awakened long uh, sleeping spiritual longings that they had in their lives. In others, it brought fear and insecurity. How do you react to Jesus? If it's true that God entered our world when Jesus was born, we dare not sit by idly and ignore and rationalize our inactions. We must acknowledge Jesus as the rightful king of our lives. He did not stay in the manger. In fact, his love for us would even change eternity when he died on the cross at Calvary and come back to life from a borrowed tomb. All of us, at some point, are going to come into the presence of Jesus. How are we going to react? How are we going to handle that? Are we just going to, when we come face to face with Him, are we just going to pretend like it's no big deal and move on? Or are we going to accept Him and His love for our lives? I was 17 years old and not raised in a church. I'd done a lot of things that I'm not proud of. And, and uh, used to make, say silly things like, um, well, when I die, I guess I'm just going to shovel coal, thinking it was a big joke. And I would make fun of it, thought church was funny. Why would anybody want something like that? Why would anybody want to be in church? Obviously, I wasn't raised to think positively about the church. I was really raised just kind of in the middle. In either way, it didn't really matter. But when the pressure was on, I, had, I would always turn it into a joke or a story. So I had met this young lady and we were, we lived out in the middle, we lived out in the country um and when I say country it was country. Um the most exciting things we could do was just take our car and drive around. You know, spend time together, talk, chat, do whatever young people do, and that's as far as I'm gonna go. And then um and then uh one night it's I don't know how the subject come up, I can't really remember. It was in it was in April of nineteen seventy six. And um, the subject was broached again about heaven and hell, and um, the idea that when I am, uh, you know, when I die, they're just going to stick me in a hole, and and then if there's hell, I'll go to hell and shovel coal, and life will be what life's going to be. And at that moment, the young lady, who was my first wife, who was still my same wife, but she was my first wife, <laughs> said to me, you know hell's real. And it was like somebody hit me in the middle of the forehead with a hammer. And I began to shake and quiver. I didn't see it, but my wife said she could see demons going around the outside of our car. And I'm like, I didn't know what was going on in my life. I had no idea. So I had a choice there when I met, and I believe now as I look back at it, I met Jesus. I went back to her home and her parents knelt with me next to the couch in their living room. And I pray, I didn't know what I was praying. I had no idea. All I knew was I needed to pray and ask to be forgiven. I wasn't even sure what I did wrong, but I was asked to be forgiven. I asked to be forgiven and for him to come into my life. Now, I could have just as easily made a joke out of it and decided to go the other direction and continue to be, you know, I guess an agnostic and not put much into religion but I chose that, the day, that day that I came face to face with Jesus to follow him have I done it right? probably not have I done it perfectly? no way but I've I've tried my best and I've served him now I believe for 45 years And um, I could have easily went the other way. You know, my, none of my rest of my family are church-going people. I have a brother who was a year younger than me. He's been married several times, has several children, doesn't even know who his grandchildren are. He's wanted by the law, so he still lives in Germany. And I probably could have went down the same road. I could have gone the same direction. But the day that Jesus came and I saw him and I met him, I chose him rather than choosing not to. And my life has not been the same. Wise men, women, children, they still seek Jesus. They're still looking for him. And there's a love that's unexplainable, that's beyond feeling and emotion, but it's something that's gripping in the middle of your chest. So I, during, i I I, I, got to try to figure out how to lighten this up a little bit. We're supposed to be celebrating Christmas. Yeah. But, Jesus was born, and we're going to celebrate on um, Christmas Eve, this Friday night, and we'll celebrate, as we've been celebrating, this our fourth week of Advent. But the love of Jesus changes the world. It changed my world. Okay? It most likely has changed and will change your world. It can change the culture. I've learned not to expect politics to to save me. I've learned not to expect the government somehow to to get me to heaven. Because they're not. That's not their role. Wise men still seek him. And it changes us. Personally and as a community. So think about that. Maybe it's been a long time since you've been confronted by Jesus. Maybe you've just been living along and everything's going hunky-dory and life is good. Um, No real complaints, you don't think. But just maybe there's something that he, he has for you. Maybe he wants to change your world. Maybe he wants to do something in your life. No better time than Christmas as we celebrate his birth and his coming and God's love for each and every one of us. So I would encourage you, if it's been a while since you've had that face-to-face meeting with Jesus, do it. Take the time and say, thank you. What do you have for me? I want to serve you. I love you. Don't turn around. Don't walk away. Don't say no. Yes never gets you in trouble when it comes to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and for your word. And the truth that Your love really does change our world and the world. Thank you that you came. Thank you that you were born and that you lived. Thank you that you sacrificed yourself for us. Became our perfect sacrifice. Made a way for us to be right with God. Help us these days, Lord, I pray, to never forget the gift, the the, the awesome gift of your love to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.